Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Destination Draft Day, your one-stop shop for all things NFL, NFL Draft, college football, and everything in between. Today we're talking about the NFC North. No Nick Durst here today, so it's going to be me all alone. Hopefully that's intriguing enough and you're willing to stick around because we got a lot to talk about. Going to be skipping the NFC East just to really uh, allow Nick to get back here and be able to talk about it, but today... We're going to be talking about the NFC North, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, four teams that have plenty to discuss, and we're going to dive in to all of it. So first and foremost, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. And, you know, you look at this situation for what's going on with the Bears, and really I think the big kind of talking point of their entire offseason is the addition of Justin Fields to that room, to that roster, and now to that team. Chicago Bears are an interesting situation because they just are coming off of a playoff season. You know, a lot of people have kind of always said that this team was just a QB away. They drafted Mitch Trubisky, which was supposed to be that QB. It didn't work out. Now they have Andy Dalton brought in as kind of a bridge quarterback. And then Justin Fields hopefully going to take over in time and be the successful QB that leads them to that next level. So the big question mark is, when will that be? You look around at the Chicago Bears roster, and let me just pull this up a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh, You know, there's plenty to be excited about. Allen Robinson has really been one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL for quite some time. In terms of production, he just hasn't had the same opportunity that is really deserved. Like, the talent is completely there. David Montgomery put together an extremely underrated year, and really because of that, I'm excited about this offense. And, yes, I know Andy Dalton is likely going to be the starter for a good amount of time because of just how they want to build this team and build up Justin Fields. But that first game against the Los Angeles Rams, I'm expecting it to be an ugly one. Maybe not a complete dominant showing, by the Rams, but I think the Rams are going to handle this game fairly easily. I think the additions of Matt Stafford, the second year Cam Akers, and the receiving room back and healthy, the offensive line is still pretty solid in Los Angeles. So I expect the Rams to really be one of the more dominant teams, and at full strength, I think they'll definitely be able to beat the Bears fairly easily in week one. 
So that's probably going to open up the question mark of that week two game. I think Andy Dalton would get the start against Cincinnati, even with maybe an average or below average type game, just because you look at what the Bears have kind of said about this situation with Justin Fields. And the big thing is they want him to really get the time to grow, get the opportunity to really not be rushed into the situation. So if you're looking at that and you say, okay, first four weeks automatically, there's nothing. Well, in those first four weeks, Andy Dalton's going against Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Detroit. Cleveland has improved their defense by a good margin, but at the same time, I think there's still some inexperience in that secondary that could allow for Andy Dalton to put together a solid game. Detroit, I think there's plenty of opportunity for him to have a decent game there as well. And then Las Vegas that next week. Those are five games where you could really see Andy kind of not lose the job more so than Justin Fields not win it. So you look at that uh, that schedule, and I think then you start to really question if you want to throw Justin Fields into that fire because week six against Green Bay, week seven against Tampa Bay, week eight against San Francisco, week nine against Pittsburgh. Those aren't games that you want your rookie quarterback really starting right away. And so if Justin Fields is going to start, I think the Bears need to send him in early or they're not looking to start him until after week 11, you know, week 12 against Detroit, week 13 against Arizona. Those are games where the defenses aren't necessarily bad, but I think it's a lot more favorable for a QB to make their first start in that situation. So if I'm the Bears, I'm looking to start him early, but based on what they've said, they seem to want to wait on getting him in there. I don't know how long that would be. I could very easily see it to where Andy Dalton starts week one and then Justin Fields gets the reins entirely. But there's also situations where you kind of see Andy Dalton maybe sticking around as a starting QB and Justin Fields doesn't come on until late in the season. The Bears are an interesting team. You know, we already talked about this, but they were in the playoffs last year. They have Tevin Jenkins added in the draft. The interior offensive line is pretty solid as long as it's healthy. The defense is still going to be very good. I know they lost Fuller, but I think Jalen Johnson is going to take continued steps. And then, you know, they have other pieces. Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, Desmond Trufant. Someone needs to step up and be that second corner. But the safeties are pretty solid. The linebacker unit is kind of kind of reliable, I think. You know, you look at Roquan Smith, he's kind of had an up and down kind of career at first, but I think he's going to have a very solid season and strong performance in order to help this defense take that next step. And that defensive line is really what's going to win games. Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman back after opting out last season. Bilal Nichols, that's a great just three-man lineman. And then you have Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn off the edge. Robert Quinn needs to take that next step because that was a huge contract that they gave to him. But really, all in all, if you are looking at this defense, things should continue to be very dominant for the Chicago Bears. And it really comes down to what's going on at that QB spot and maybe some questions on the offensive line as well. Again, though, no Nick Durst here today on Destination Draft Day. One-man show, flying solo. If you got any questions, any comments, be sure to send them in because we are going to be addressing all of them. NFC North today, we're talking Chicago Bears. So looking at the Chicago Bears schedule, let's just talk about it from really a predictive sense. That first game against the Los Angeles Rams, I already talked about it a little bit. I think the Rams are going to handle that game fairly easily. But then that week two matchup against Cincinnati, I think there's a really nice opportunity here. You can get some pressure on Joe Burrow, hopefully with the defensive line that you have assembled there in Chicago. And I think 
while I like what the Bengals are building towards, I think this is a game that Chicago could come out victorious fairly comfortably as long as the defense really does add pressure to Joe Burrow, limit his opportunity, and make a situation for the Chicago Bears to really succeed offensively. I think Andy Dalton could have a nice performance just because of the small chip on his shoulder of leaving Cincinnati. Then next week against Cleveland, I expect Cleveland to really control that game. But at the same time, if they can slow down that run game with their defense that they have in that front seven, then there's a possibility that you could take an upset there and really start out the season two and one Detroit. You should win at least that first one against the Raiders. It's kind of up in the air. Raiders are a team that's been building in the right direction. They have games where they look phenomenal. And then some games where they just look questionable. And, you know, I think at the moment I would have to say that I expect Chicago to win, but at the same time, both teams are kind of inconsistent. So I could see this game going either way entirely, but assuming that they can come in and win, you're looking at three and two, four and one. And if you can really get out to that start, you're looking at a potential playoff run if you can get there. Now, the big question mark is that next kind of series of games, those next five, you have Green Bay Packers, assuming you're going to lose. Tampa Bay, you probably lose. San Francisco, maybe if they're starting Trey Lance and your team is just really you know, sick of losing. You know, you could pull a victory there, but San Francisco has a very consistent roster, one that is probably better than Chicago. And then at the QB spot, it's just going to come down to who's playing and at what level are they playing? I think Jimmy could very well be the starter all year in San Francisco. Maybe Trey Lance just red shirts entirely. I know a lot of people have said the number three pick, you know, you're just not going to bench him like that. But I do think that we could see a while until Trey Lance starts for the 49ers. So if this is just a full-strength 49ers team with no rookie mistakes really going on, then we could see San Francisco very much in the playoff picture. And we could potentially see a very dominant San Francisco team San Francisco team back in the mix. And then at week nine, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to give that one to the Bears. I think the Steelers' offensive line is incredibly questionable right now. So with the Bears' front seven, I think they can really cause a lot of chaos and really take advantage of that performance and win that game. And with that, you know, you're looking at a team that's sitting a little bit above 500 if things go well, probably four and five, five and four in that first nine games. They get a bye week and then they play Baltimore. If they can limit Lamar Jackson in the passing game, really take him away, uh, you know, obviously contain the edge to where he's not scrambling around all game then you can limit Baltimore, but ultimately I expect Baltimore to run away with that one. And that's where you're sitting at five and five, maybe four and six if things aren't going well. And that's even sometimes favorable. You know, Cincinnati's not a lock. Uh, Even Detroit, if Jared Goff is on his A game because of this chip on his shoulder, then you could lose that game. Las Vegas is a game that they're definitely trending in the right direction. And if they have built momentum, then they could easily run away with that one as well. And, you know, Chicago is going to be in a weird situation this season. And a lot of people want to see Justin Fields. And, you know, that that could cause chaos if you're starting Andy Dalton week after week where the locker room starts to lose momentum. Pulling in some comments, we got the co-host who's abandoned me, Nick Durst. If no Rodgers, I like the Vikings to win the NFC North. Jimmy G gives the 49ers the best chance to win. And it's all about Aaron Rodgers. I expect Rodgers to be there in Green Bay, you know, even though there's been frustration that's been listed, even though there's been 
talks about the trades. It's not going to happen this year. They are almost definitely going to have Aaron Rodgers back for the season. But if something does happen, then there is going to be a wide open NFC North, whether it's the Bears building on that defense and letting the offense kind of, you know, just play along simply. Or, you know, maybe Jordan Love steps in and has a great season. There's plenty of question marks all around this NFC North, and it would be interesting to see, but hopefully, you know, everyone's full health, everyone's there, and Aaron Rodgers should be lining up as the Packers QB next season. For the Bears, you know, just wrapping this up real quick before we move on to the next team, if I am the Chicago Bears, my expectations for the season is less so a results-based type of expectation. It's more trying to get Justin Fields acclimated to the NFL, getting ready to really contend in his year two. So whether that's him starting week two or whether that's him, you know, not starting until the end of the season, I want him to really get the best situation possible to be prepared to really find success in the NFL. Personally, for me, I think Justin Fields is someone that could have success early in his career due to his, you know, outstanding mobility and accuracy. Obviously, you know, there's question marks about his game, and that's why he fell to 11. But at the same time, if he can, you know, work on his overall ball delivery and improve on making reads over, over the entire field, then I think his game is going to take off and really dominate at the next level. And that's what Chicago fans are really hoping for. Whether they go 5-12 and 12 or whether they – make playoffs as a wild card team. I think the biggest thing that you want as a Chicago Bears fan is to really see enough out of Justin Fields to know, okay, we got our guy. This is going to be great. Let's enjoy the Fields era. And really in that situation, I think that's why we could very easily see Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy get another season because it's really going to depend more on Justin Fields than it will on the record. So while the Bears could very easily go down in terms of overall success compared to last season. I think there's enough there in terms of just trying to build on what they have going forward that will be more important to their future. So Chicago Bears fans, if you're watching this, just hope for a good year out of Justin Fields. Just hope for a good building block towards the future. While the Chicago Bears have plenty of talent throughout their roster, I think right now is where they're retooling to try to get this roster set up for long-term success. And hopefully under Justin Fields, under Ryan Pace, and under Matt Nagy, they can do that. Which the floor's offense is better over the next three seasons? Ah, that's that's a tough one. Probably Green Bay. Uh, unless Jordan Love takes over, I'm always going to count on Aaron Rodgers to be that dominant player. And it's really just been the case. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to force Jordan Love out of Green Bay. I think the Packers are going to acknowledge their mistake and stick with their legendary QB. But, you know, there's a lot to be argued for on the other side. You know, what you see out of this entire San Francisco kind of coaching tree is just great ability. But I'm not sure that I 100% buy the Jets yet offensively. I think Zach Wilson's a very talented quarterback, but what I see out of Aaron Rodgers week to week, what I expect to happen for the Packers, I gotta I gotta lean with with uh with Green Bay. 
So moving on to the next team in our discussion, we got the Detroit Lions who really made waves this offseason, trading Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams, getting Jared Goff and draft picks in return. This situation for the Detroit Lions is really one of the more interesting situations across the league because there are some very bright spots on this roster. You look at the offensive line, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnall, Vitae, and Sewell on that offensive line. That's a top 10 unit, in my opinion. And I think that with this season really getting to prove it, look for the Detroit Lions to have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in that running back room. Jamar Jefferson, Rakeem Boyd, even as the third and fourth back, I think could contribute in a solid role. TJ Hawkinson, a very talented tight end. Where the question marks come in is what's Jared Goff going to be like outside of that McVay offense? What's going to happen with that wide receiver room? Because right now it currently has Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas, Amon Ross St. Brown, Geronimo Allison, Javon McKinley. You know, those are solid guys, but there's not a number one. There's not even a number two. You know, these guys are fringe number three receivers. And while I like St. Brown, while I like McKinley, they're rookies, uh, McKinley undrafted free agents. So these guys likely aren't going to produce at the moment in terms of high volume production. And then you look at the other pieces. Cephas is someone that I think is a solid wide receiver three but I don't want to see him as a wide receiver two, wide receiver one. Perriman seems to be a guy that's going to be like a deep threat receiver, which could work out, but I still have question marks about what he's going to be in terms of overall production. We just saw it with the Jets last season, and it's just not what you want out of your starting receiver. Tyrell Williams is underrated, but at the same time, he's coming off of a terrible injury that could really – hinder his ability, and if you're looking at a washed-up Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas, and rookie Amon Ross St. Brown as your starting receivers, then there's going to be some big question marks for that Detroit offense, and it's almost unfair to Jared Goff to really, to really hold the season as an evaluation, but if they're so low in the draft order, then they're definitely going to be going quarterback, in my opinion, which causes confusion and chaos for this draft process. We have another comment from Nick Durst, Jordan Love to the Saints next season. And I think that's very possible. You know, you look at what Jordan Love has brought to the NFL draft process, right? What he offered as a prospect. And there was a lot of arm talent. There's solid mobility, but the questions came from decision-making, you know, the overall, ability to anticipate as a passer. And I think Sean Payton does a great job of developing that. You know, we saw Taysom Hill take strides as a QB, and I don't think Sean Payton gets enough credit because Taysom Hill isn't a elite quarterback, but Payton helped develop that guy into someone who was able to start games for the Saints and not just completely turn things into a terrible showing. So Sean Payton is a phenomenal QB developer, and Jordan Love is someone that needs someone like that. Well, I'm not I'm not saying that he hasn't had that in Green Bay and stuff like that. I'm just saying from what we saw from him as a prospect, if you're Sean Payton and you think you can turn Jordan Love into something, then in my opinion, I'm going to believe in it as well because Sean Payton is one of the better QB whispers in the league but doesn't get enough credit because he's been 
having Drew Brees for his entire career, and he's been having, you know, uh, mediocre play from Taysom Hill. But I'm really expecting a big year out of Winston, and I think we could see the Saints surprise some people if Winston is able to take those steps. And another comment as well, Goff has a better season than, Stan- than Stafford. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even think it will be close. I think Stafford is going to be someone that puts up 30-plus touchdowns fairly easily and is going to be extremely efficient. While I think there could be maybe more success for Cam Akers than for Stafford himself, I think that there's still going to be a tremendous amount of production out of Stafford. I think that the Rams are going to be a legit contender. I know me and Nick are very opposite on this. He doesn't buy into the Stafford on the Rams hype. I'm very bought in. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but ah, man, even if Stafford disappoints, I feel like he would have a better season than Goff, production-wise at least. Now, looking at this defensive side of things for the Lions, the big question mark is what's going to happen with this linebacker unit. Jalen Reeves, Maven, Jelani Tavai, Derek Barnes, Alex Anzalone, Jamie Collins Jr., or Sr., sorry, there's, there's definitely some reasons for optimism out of Collins and Anzalone, but the question mark really comes in for, you know, Derek Barnes, Sean Dion Hamilton, Jalen Rees, Maven, Jelani Tavai, who's going to take that next step and help fill out this linebacker room. And really, you know, personally, I feel like Tavai probably has the most upside, but this entire room has huge question marks. I think it's something that they will need to address in the upcoming drafts, whether it's in a mid-round selection or something like that. There's just not enough talent right there in that room. I look at the defensive line, and Romeo Aquara put up a great season last year. We got to see if he can replicate that success or at least have similar uh, dominance at the line. I think that would be absolutely huge for this team. Trey Flowers needs to have a full, healthy season. He hasn't really produced, but I think that's kind of the expectation for all time, for all times, and uh, just what Trey Flowers is, but he was only able to play in six games, which is what the big question mark and issue is for Trey Flowers. You need him healthy. You paid him a lot of money. If he isn't healthy, then I think you're really looking at Trey Flowers being cut when it comes to this next offseason. That defensive line, the defense tackle position, is extremely deep. Uh, Levi Onuzurike. Michael Brockers, Alan McNeil, Deshaun Hand, Nick Williams, and John Penasini. You know, there's just multiple guys that can step in and help out, and I think that's going to be very exciting for what the Lions are able to do with interior pressure. We're probably going to see some guys that are rotated out, pushed out as the years go on in this Lions regime under Dan Campbell, but at the same time, there's just so much talent right now here in year one that I think the Lions could generate a fairly decent amount of interior pressure just by keeping guys fresh, keeping guys rotating. While guys like Penasini isn't necessarily going to create a lot of pressure, I think having him as a sixth piece to this defensive line is just absolutely phenomenal, and it's one that's probably one of the better bright spots on this defense. The big question mark, though, when it comes to the Detroit Lions is that secondary. Can Jeff Okuda take that next step at corner, really shake off the issues that he had in year one as a rookie. I think with Coach Glenn coming into this Lions defense, he's going to be schemed much better at the cornerback spot. They brought in Quentin Dunbar. They have Amani Oruarie and Melifonwu at the cornerback positions. I think this is going to be a good unit. While there's some youth and some question marks about development, I think as long as 
Coach Glenn comes in and helps them, really schemes them to be built for their best ball, then I think this is going to be a very interesting but up-and-coming group. You look at the safety spots, Tracy Walker and Will Harris. The question is, what's Will Harris going to do? Tracy Walker, versatile, underrated safety in this league. As long as Will Harris can fill in at that strong safety spot and really put together a good season, then this Lions defense really could be in for a good year. Again, a lot comes down to what's going to happen in terms of health and just overall production from that defensive line. But as long as they stay healthy, I think there's enough depth on that defensive line to really produce. Looking at the Lions schedule, that first week they play the San Francisco 49ers, and that's going to be a tough matchup. I know a lot of people kind of expect the 49ers to take a step back just because of drafting Trey Lance. But week one, when Jimmy's starting and when this roster is at full strength, it's going to be very good. And I don't even think that it's guaranteed to take a step back when Trey Lance does get the job if he starts year one. So San Fran should win that game fairly easily. Things don't get easier for the Lions against Green Bay, against Baltimore. Then they go at Chicago. That's a game that could go either way, but I lean Chicago. Minnesota the next week, Cincinnati after that, Los Angeles and Philadelphia. There's games there that they could potentially pull a victory for, but it's it's tough. You know, The Lions are definitely going to be a team that needs some breakouts this season if they want to be a competitive ball club. You look at what they bring to the table uh, in those games. You know, Cincinnati and Philadelphia are probably ones that people are saying, we could win that one if you're kind of biased to the Lions. If you're neutral like me, then, you know, they could. But at the same time, I, I don't necessarily favor them in those games. I think Philadelphia is one that I would favor them just because at that point, you know, the Lions have to win something. <laughs> and I don't expect them to be so bad that they're just 0-16 or anything. And we have another comment. Trey Lance, wow, the kid is a lot like Lance. Easy to break. Dude is a stick. You know, we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. I expect him to really put together a phenomenal career working with Shanahan and having, you know, such a solid supporting staff for him. Uh, injury concerns, maybe he's a little he's a little thicker than you're giving him credit, though. He's a great runner, very powerful, and he has, uh, you know, very strong shoulders that just make him an incredible runner, and that adds so much to his game from day one. Uh, you know, looking at what the Lions have after that bye week in week nine. They play against the Steelers, the Browns, the Bears again, the Vikings again, the Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Packers. Are there opportunities there? Yes, absolutely. You know, if Pittsburgh's struggling and Lions are doing well, I think that's a game that could happen. Uh, you know, they could beat Chicago if things are going well in Detroit. Denver is really going to come down to what the momentum is there. If the QBs are playing all right, then they should fairly easily win that one. But if the QBs are playing poorly, then Denver is going to fall into the lower level of teams, and that's very much an opportunity for Detroit. Arizona, if the defense can limit Kyler Murray, then the offense can do enough to really get back in that game. Jared Goff has had success against the NFC West, which I think will play into Detroit's favor more than people realize. Atlanta that next week is going to really be a question mark of what's going on there as well with momentum. While Matt Ryan's a very strong QB, you know, if that defense continues to have its issues, then who's to say Detroit can't be able to put up a good season uh, or a good week in that game? The big question mark in terms of talent on this roster 
and not necessarily question mark, but just overall watch point is DeAndre Swift because he's a phenomenal running back, and he proved it after getting the carries necessary in the pat in the later part of the season. Can DeAndre Swift really put this offense on his back? Obviously, Jamal Williams will get some carries, Jamar Jefferson, Rakeem Boyd as well. But DeAndre Swift is going to be the key piece of this offense. And with this offensive line, there's reason to believe that they could succeed. Now, with the weapons that they have in the passing game, TJ Hawkinson could be in for a very good season. But at the same time, you need to be able to add production at that run game. And I think the Lions are going to be a run-heavy team to make the job easier for Jared Goff to really depend on the strength of the team as DeAndre Swift and this offensive line. But if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, you know, Swift and Hawkinson are probably the best options on this team. But at the same time, sometimes teams can have very talented players, but the inconsistency of the offense from week to week can limit their consistency in your lineup. So if you're looking to add Hawkinson, if you're looking to add Swift, the volume will probably be there. But at the same time, there's going to be games where the Lions just completely struggle offensively and it will limit what production Swift and Hawkinson have for your team. So buyer beware in that situation. I love Swift. I love Hawkinson. I think they're very talented players. But at the same time, there are going to be question marks about what they can do overall week to week. And another comment from the comment section, Matt Ryan is a strong QB, quoting me, LOL, why you always lying? He is washed up without Julio. He will have more interceptions than touchdowns. That's a bold prediction. I still think that offense is going to be very productive. I don't think Matt Ryan is necessarily done yet. I think a lot of the rumors that Julio is done with him because of Matt Ryan being washed are more overblown. I think it's more just question marks with the new regime, thinking that he's not going to really be kept there in the situation. So he wants out before it's less on his terms. And I think that's perfectly reasonable for both sides. Lions are Falcons trying to get younger, trying to take advantage of their situation uh, while Julio still trying to contend and make the most of his remaining career. So both sides have some interesting things to work out. The next team we're going to be talking about, probably a team that you're tired of hearing about this offseason, the Green Bay Packers with the question marks that surround Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be talking about it, though, from the situation that is most likely, and that's where Aaron Rodgers stays on the Packers. So what happens with this Packers team, right? We got Aaron Rodgers at QB, Aaron Jones at running back, Devontae Adams at wide receiver. Even with Robert Tanya in a tight end, there is talent here on this team, but the question marks come in at the offensive line. Back to Yari, back at left tackle, Elgin, T- Elgin, ah, Elgin Jenkins, at guard, Josh Myers expected to be at center. Lucas Patrick currently listed as right guard and Billy Turner at right tackle. The question mark is that center to right tackle play. Can this rookie center really step up and have a good season? Can Billy Turner continue to be a consistent piece on that offensive line? And can Lucas Patrick help at that right guard spot? It's, it's questionable, you know, and maybe there will be some issues that we see. You have to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers. We've seen years where he gets injured. And things fall apart for the Packers. While Jordan Love is expected to be the starter long-term for the Packers, you still want to keep your franchise superstar QB at full health. And so this is a situation where now, while I don't 
think that it's just set in stone that this is going to be bad. There's definitely question marks about this right side of the offensive line. Losing Corey Lindsley is a huge loss for the Packers, and keeping that offense going is going to be dependent on how long this offensive line can help Aaron Rodgers just be allowed to be creative in that backfield. And while Billy Turner put together a solid season, while Lucas Patrick has shown some promising snaps, and while I like Josh Myers at center as a prospect, there's still question marks from rookies and just overall what they can do uh, just as an overall unit. Sometimes when these guys put together strong seasons, it's because of a strong, cohesive line. And now this right side is completely inexperienced and they all have to depend on each other for success. We'll see what happens. Personally, I think there's going to be some issues later in the season when they're playing against the stronger teams that offer a dominant pass rush on the defensive side of things. Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, that defensive line is going to be solid, but the big winner of this situation is the edge rushing group. You know, Preston Smith, Cesarius Smith, and Rashawn Gary are going to be rotating all season long, putting up great numbers. The cornerback unit is kind of still a question mark because they need to figure out what's going on with that second corner spot. Kevin King back for another year. There's plenty of fans that are, you know, not excited about that, but Eric Stokes was drafted, which could be a very interesting addition to this roster. I think Stokes is someone that has plenty of athletic upside, plenty of size, frame, speed, but he needs to improve just consistency from snap to snap. And maybe in a rotational role early with Kevin King, both corners can benefit from that to really help contribute to the secondary. The safeties are very talented. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos are probably one of the better safety duos in the NFL. The big question mark for me is the linebacker unit, but this is a team that has built their defense to not necessarily be as dependent on the linebackers, really low usage type situations, helping the run game, shallow zones, and keeping things just simple assignments so that they can contribute but not necessarily be depended on. And we'll see what happens for the Packers. Looking at their schedule, that first game against New Orleans is going to be huge. You know Jameis Winston is going to be making his first kind of start as the future of the Saints. And really, it's one of those games where it kind of comes down to what Winston is going to do. If Winston is at full strength, I'm taking the Saints. But if Winston is kind of still the same issues as he had in Tampa Bay, where he's turning the ball over consistently, he's making the wrong reads, and he's overthrowing passes, then the Packers should be able to fairly easily take that one. It's after that, though, where the Packers probably get a little bit in stride. You look at what they do against Detroit. I think that's a win against San Francisco. I think that's a win against Pittsburgh. I think that's a win. You're looking at 3-1, and one, maybe 4-0. and oh. Then you got Cincinnati, Chicago, Washington, all games that I expect Green Bay to be able to win. Washington is an interesting situation, but I think they're going to have a little bit of a disappointing season because I don't think that they were necessarily a playoff team as they were able to get to last year because of what happened with the NFC East. I think there's going to be some issues for that Washington team, and they could very easily go down from 7-9 and despite the young defense that's being built there and the talent that they have on that roster. Week 8, you got Arizona, and I still think that the Green Bay Packers should be able to take that. So you're looking at 7-1 and in my predictions, but then they have a tough stretch of Kansas City, Seattle, Minnesota, and Los Angeles. I'm going to say they go 2-2 in that stretch, 
and that puts them at nine and three on the season. And then it's those next games, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Detroit. I'm going to say they go four and one in that stretch, probably losing maybe to Cleveland. And that will leave them at 13 and four on the season. Probably one of the top seeds in the NFC. Don't be surprised though, if things go either way, you know, if Rodgers is really just not vibing with the coaching staff and with the front office, maybe things go south. And locker room, uh, it's it seems strong from a roster perspective, but sometimes you know if they don't buy into the overall organization, things can happen where issues arise on the field. Personally, I don't expect it to happen. I think they've kind of built this mantra of just trying to prove the GM wrong, but same time you know anything can happen and we got some more comments in the comment section jordan love is the future how much longer can green bay wait gotta wonder teams have teams have to plan in place to move on yeah and jordan love is expected to be the future but at the same time aaron Rodgers is producing at such a high level that you don't want to move on because you're probably regressing your team aaron Rodgers seems to be playing at a high level i think drafting jordan love really helped take him to that next step, kind of revive some of the fire that was within him. But it's come with a cost. Obviously, there's been drama every offseason. I think that we could see this as Aaron Rodgers last season with the Packers. But personally, I feel like if I'm the Packers, I'm riding with Rodgers and I'll move on from love and just accept that it was probably a bit too early on the move. And another comment as well, Winston starting QB in New Orleans will be Taysom. Team is committing to ground game. Taysom, strong part of that college offense inbound. Look towards Ball State for the Saints' inspiration. Teams will steal former Saints quarterback Mike Neo's college attack. Will lean on his ideas a lot this year. I don't know. I I think that Winston is going to be the starting QB there in New Orleans. I think that there's just so much talent and potential there for Winston in that offense. I know a lot of people want to talk about that 30 and 30 season with Bruce Arians, Winston has a turnover issue. I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, Arians' system has a turnover issue for year one quarterbacks. Tom Brady put up a higher amount of turnovers than people expected. Carson Palmer had the issue in Arizona. While Winston put up a high number, an extraordinarily high number, it would have, you know, came back down to earth after that next season. And I think in a offense that is more favorable to him with the Saints, that allows him to kind of get scheme, get guys schemed open, hopefully simpler throws, hopefully, you know, more of a game manager role just to allow Kamara to be this star of the Saints. I think you'll see Winston really start to correct some of his mistakes. Maybe I'm just buying into the overall talent that's there with Winston and not necessarily the on-field production, and, and that's an issue. But personally, I still believe in Winston. I think there's plenty of value there in what he can do week to week. And with a guy like Sean Payton, I think that ceiling can easily be accomplished. And for the Saints, you know, if if Winston is putting together a very good season, then they are very much still in the mix as a contender. So for the Packers, my expectations for the season, if I'm a, if I'm a fan, is really, you know, you want to see this team get to the Super Bowl. It's happened twice now where they get to the conference championship and just don't perform to the level that's necessarily necessary and they don't make it. So this is the year where I'm saying it needs to happen. 
it needs to be time where we make the Super Bowl. Hopefully we win it. But really getting there is the big thing. And if you don't get there again, then I think there's going to be question marks about what happens with this team. I don't think you necessarily blow it up, but at the same time, you're going to have issues with just continuously being a conference championship appearance. You're going to have issues with why they haven't been able to make that next step. And I think that's where the question marks will come in. Obviously, you want to see Aaron Rodgers stay healthy all year because of this uh, right side of the offensive line. There are question marks, but at the same time, I think there's plenty of depth on that team to where we could see maybe someone like a Cole Van Lynn step in and really produce as a late-round rookie draft pick. Uh, John Runyon showed some solid potential according to the rumors, so we could see some rotation on that line until it finally works out. But hopefully, you know, great protection for Aaron Rodgers, strong season out of Aaron Jones, great season out of Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan, whatever. We could see the Packers be a legit contender, but can they take that next step? You know, it's it's hard to say. So, personally, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm saying I need to see us take that next step or else I'm having questions about if we ever will. For the last team of the episode, the Minnesota Vikings, and what we saw out of the Vikings last season was an interesting situation as they went 7-9, and nine, but really things just got out to such a slow start for them, starting out 1-5 and five, and then winning – five of the next six games, then losing three of their final four games. The Vikings need more consistency. Mike Zimmer is a phenomenal coach. There's so much talent on this roster, but the big question mark is what's going to happen with this defensive line. Last year, so many injuries that just hurt their pressure. The cornerback unit was extremely young, so – they weren't able to really carry the defensive line and the defensive line in turn just was not there. Daniel Hunter injured and hopefully he'll be back at full strength. Having young pieces like DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, Janarius Robinson, you know, hopefully they can take that next step. They've added to the defensive line with Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, Jalen Twyman, you know, there's pieces that could help them really take that next step. But the big thing is, is just staying healthy in that secondary, on that defensive line. Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, Mackenzie Alexander. There's questions now about what will happen with Jeff Gladney. I think it's fair to assume that we are not going to ever see him again due to off-field issues. But with Xavier Woods, Harrison Smith, this cornerback unit definitely gets some favors. The linebacker unit seems to be very solid. Uh, that, that third linebacker spot has always kind of been a question mark, but I think Vigil will fill in perfectly fine. On the offensive side of things, you know, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, most likely the starting QB of the entire season. I don't think Mond is going to contend for the spot at all this year. It's something maybe later down the line that we entertain, but right now it's all Kirk Cousins. Tight end Irv Smith, the real question is the offensive line. Can Darisaw really take that first step as a rookie and have a really strong season? Can Ezra Cleveland stay at that guard spot and really perform? Can Wyatt Davis step in and really be a strong starting guard for this team? Can Bradbury really take that next step and end his woes that he's had so far as a center for this team and not be a bust? Brian O'Neill is the only safe option on this offensive line right now. 
outside of that, there's just so many question marks for what is going to happen with this offensive line. Personally, I love Darisaw, but I have question marks about Ezra Cleveland. I have question marks about Wyatt Davis. And Garrett Bradbury has just not performed to expectations. So that interior offensive line is kind of confusing. Personally, Darisaw and Wyatt Davis were good picks for what the value was. But at the same time, I'm not sure entirely on the scheme fit that they offer to this Vikings zone blocking type of unit. And so while I think Darisaw will be perfectly fine, I have question marks about what Wyatt Davis is going to do in that situation. And I think we could see some continued issues for that offensive line, as sad as it might be to hear for Vikings fans out there. We have another comment. Kirk Cousins is a choker. You know, he's had some games where he hasn't performed at full strength. So I definitely think uh, some fans want to see more out of him. And it seems even the Vikings themselves want to see a little bit more out of him as they uh, have brought in Kellen Mond. And we'll see what Kirk Cousins' reaction to that is. We've seen a lot of QBs put together great seasons after their team decided to go and invest in the quarterback spot rather early in the draft. For their schedule, they play Cincinnati week one, which I think should be a good game. Bengals at full strength, Vikings at full strength. Both have some interesting additions to the team that could help in major ways. I'm leaning Minnesota, but I don't think that Cincinnati is out of this one at all. The next game, Arizona. Next game, Seattle. Then Cleveland, Detroit, Carolina. I think as long as they can go three and three in this stretch, then you're looking much better than last year, obviously. But at the same time, you're competing against good teams. Cincinnati, Detroit, Carolina. If you can win one of those games and go four and two for the, for the Arizona, Seattle, Cleveland stretch, then you're absolutely off to a strong start. And Minnesota could be looking towards playoffs. Those next games, Dallas, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Chargers, Green Bay, and San Francisco. That's where the tough situation starts to come up because what's going to happen in that game against Dallas? What's going to happen in that game against strong defenses like Baltimore, like Green Bay? I think you can pull some wins out of those games, but at the same time, you need to be on your A game for that five-week stretch or else there are going to be issues. I'm going to say they win against Dallas. I'm going to say they lose against Baltimore and Green Bay, and I'll say they win one of San Francisco and Los Angeles Chargers going two and three in that stretch. So we'll say they're about six and five after the first 12 weeks. I think they beat Detroit. I think they beat Pittsburgh. And I think they beat Chicago, putting them at nine and five. Then they have to play Los Angeles, Green Bay, and Chicago. So if they can win one of those games, they should be looking at 10 and seven and should be able to make that playoff picture really start to build towards a competitive ball team or ball club, get back into that playoff picture. Mike Zimmer sticks around, obviously no longer on the hot seat after finally being able to really get in there and produce a playoff team again, full strength. I think this is a very solid team that could be dangerous week to week. uh, As long as, you know, Dalvin cook stays healthy. The wide receiver unit continues to produce. The offensive line is able to take the steps necessary on the interior. And as long as this defense stays healthy, uh, I know it's a lot of as long as and ifs and buts, but Health is going to be the big part for almost every NFL team to really be as successful as they can. And for the Minnesota Vikings, I think last year proved just how much of an issue health can be. I think that there are games that are going to be major for this team to really prove themselves. You know, Green Bay Packers twice, 
from week 11 and later in the season. So there could be necessarily uh, a game that kind of is a prove it type situation. And if they can pull a victory against Green Bay, I think that's a huge momentum builder and allows them to take that next step. If I'm a Vikings fan, what I want to see is just a healthy season where we're finally competing every week, you know, being the full strength team that we know we can be with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, with Irv Smith at tight end, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, with an improved offensive line, with Daniel Hunter healthy on the defensive side of things. There is so much there for the Vikings to be successful. Now it just kind of depends on putting it all together and getting back into that playoff mode that they were just a season before this past one. Personally, though, predictions, you know, like I said, 10 and 7. And I think they're a team that could very well be a wild card team, but still make it to that next round and compete in any game they play against. Remember, just two years ago, they beat the Saints, a team that was viewed as the best team in the NFC in playoffs. Plenty of potential there in Minnesota. Plenty of superstar talent. They can be any team any week as long as they're playing at full strength, and that's going to be a huge part of this roster and success of the season. That's all we got for you here on Destination Draft Day. Hopefully, listening to me ramble on alone wasn't too bad for you. Michael Rockman here. Thanks to everyone in the comment section. Hug the stud. Nick Durst, you guys are great. Thanks to LandryFootball.com for all that they do and allow us to do here on this show. We'll see you guys on Friday where Nick Durst will be back, and we'll talk about the NFC East. Take care. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.